Welcome. You're listening to the Think Like an Entrepreneur podcast because it turns out there's no such thing as a struggling entrepreneur. There are only business owners still operating from an employee mindset. I'm your host, business coach Katherine Morrison. Now let's dig in. Hey, you guys, how you doing? Today is the conclusion of the sales mini series. How are you feeling? I love doing these little mini series for you guys. And if you remember, if you've been following me for more than a second, a few months back, I did an entire series around money. If you haven't listened to that, I would highly recommend going back and listening to that. And this one around selling, I wanted to do a deeper dive into the topic of sales because these topics, money and selling, and your relationship with money, your thoughts about money, and your relationship with selling, your thoughts about sales, will heavily dictate your success in entrepreneurship. And for me, what my work was, was when I tied together, I had to do the mindset work of looking at like, where in my mind does money and selling and service and virtue not all go together? Those were things that I was like, it's very important to me, like very service oriented. I have high moral standards. I'm like the girl who after college, I went and volunteered in Africa for a year as a volunteer teacher, right? Like service heart. So I'm like, oh, what are like the thought errors I have around money and sales that are keeping me from helping people? And so in your mind, maybe yours aren't service and virtue. Maybe you have different qualities or values that you want tied into your brain around money and selling. But I want you to ask yourself, what are those other things? And then what are the thoughts that stand in your way between believing that money and selling and whatever other values or qualities that you tie in there, what in your mind keeps them from feeling like they're somehow at odds, right? Or that something doesn't go with the other things. That's then your mindset work of cleaning all of that up, which when I did that within my own brain so that I can powerfully market, I can powerfully sell, I can powerfully create money on demand, what I now have is a roster of dream boat clients that are getting mind-blowing results. Seriously, I think it was just last week, I had, I think it's probably like my fifth client who's created a $100,000 business in her first year. And I was sitting in that and like just the, it just blows my mind, right? Because for me, my first year, I forget if I made 60 or $70,000, but it is so powerful, so meaningful for me as a business coach, my success is tied to how mind-blowing my client's success is. It's how I make my money, right? And so to see my clients getting even bigger results faster than I did, and I would say half a million in a couple of years, pretty good, right? It's like, oh my gosh, why wouldn't I, right? I am so on fire for helping people get super clear in their brain around money and sales so that they can show up in the world and make tons of money helping people. So hopefully over the past couple of episodes, your brain has gotten a lot more on board with you making offers for your services and bringing into sharp awareness the frequency from which you're doing it. But to round out the series today, we're going to cover one last juicy bit. Client objections when selling. Because here's a thought error that a lot of you guys have, and it's this. The customer is always right. 
I don't even know where that came from, right? But it sort of just exists in the air. And believing that the customer is always right actually holds you back from ever questioning any of their thoughts. So this one might be a hurdle for your brain, right? If you believe that thought, then when someone tells you they're on a sales call and they're like, I don't know, I think I just need to think about it. Your response is just going to be like, okay, call me, bye. (laughs) Or if they say they can't afford it or they need to talk to their husband or now's just not the right time or whatever the thing is, right? You just want to bring into very clear awareness when you hear any of those things and it suddenly feels like, <gasps> right? Like you, it almost like takes your breath away and you're like, okay, do not, you're almost like this visceral body response of like, stop, like don't do anything. This is where the road ends. And then the call ends. But what is actually just happening, and this is how you, it's like very interesting to think about when you have such a clear, visceral response where you're like, oh, I don't want to do that. Ooh, that's uncomfortable. Don't feel comfortable doing that. It's really just like you're wearing one of those dog collars, you know, that like, I don't even know, do people still do this or are we sort of beyond this with our dogs where you can like have a, I don't know, like the, the shock, the yard where like there's an underground thing. And if the dog wears the collar and they try to run past the boundary that you've created, they'll get shocked, right? The dog learns enough times, right? I get shocked when I hit this point, right? Past this tree or whatever. And then they will just stop trying to run past the yard. They just stay in their tiny yard forever. And to just notice in your brain where when you feel unsure about questioning a client on an objection and your your immediate response is like, oh, can't pass that. Don't touch that. It's just like you've hit the same boundary, right? Like the... You're just a a dog with a shock collar on and you haven't even questioned whether or not that's actually a boundary. Okay. And here's the thing. Right past that little boundary of resistance, of not even being willing to have a conversation with someone on a sales call is just an open field. I mean, if we were to go with the dog analogy, we've got fields and flowers and whatever else the dog might find past that invisible border, probably like rabbits or squirrels to chase or something, right? Except in your human version, past that invisible border that you've just put up in your mind, right? So I think a couple episodes ago, you guys thought it was pretty funny. Like the caveman, like sales bad, right? You've just got these like invisible, uninvestigated mental constructs in your mind that are like keeping you from being in a land where you're frolicking through the fields, holding your client's hands. You guys are just running through the field, holding each other's hands, picking flowers because they decide to come work with you. And here's the thing. The objection oftentimes that a client will raise on a call is also just they're wearing, they also have an invisible dog collar on, right? They just have a thought in their brain they haven't even questioned. They've never even considered it. And they're just like, the, it's just like no, I think the answer is no. I think the answer is not now. That just might be their brain's response. <laughs> And for you to not even be willing to like question that like tiny bit of resistance just keeps them in. This is like, we're going to riff on this analogy because the more I think about it, the more amazing and genius it is. It's so perfect, right? But your client is just, you guys are both dogs in this analogy, okay? And they live across the field 
It's just an amazing field that exists between you guys, okay? And there's lush green grass, tons of squirrels and bunnies to chase. It's amazing. And all that exists between you guys is the shock collars on you guys that both of you are wearing, okay? The client is just believing whatever objection they said because they believe their shock collar is real. They don't also see that they just have invisible, uninvestigated mental constructs in their mind. <laughs> and that little mental construct is like, they're, and they're like, nope, now's not the time. And because that's just the immediate response that their brain gives them, that keeps them in their tiny yard. And they, they also, they, they want to go into the magical field, but they just have a shock collar that says now's not the right time, okay? And the sales call can go one of two ways. You can decide that you don't want to seem pushy or salesy or say something to make them uncomfortable. And then they stay in their little yard with their shock collar on for forever and never get help and never get the solution they want. Or you could take the time to clean up all your thoughts around selling and money that are making you uncomfortable on the sales call. Because I have coached through this a million times. Let me tell you, every single time someone says they don't want to say something that makes the other person feel uncomfortable on the call, what is actually happening and what it actually comes down to is that the entrepreneur is feeling uncomfortable because they have uninvestigated thoughts around money and selling. And because they feel uncomfortable, they're just wearing their shock collar that they haven't investigated. And so on the sales call, their answer is like, okay, call me, bye, let me know. They're not taking off their own shock collar. And so when they're doing that, they say, okay, goodbye. Their client doesn't get helped. Well, they don't, that's not, that person never becomes a client, right? And it's their discomfort. They're not willing, right, to feel discomfort on the sales call and to question what the client is saying and whether or not it is right for them. And whether or not what's happening is gonna help that client get into the magical field of the result that they want that they're coming onto the sales call for. In that case, the entrepreneur is valuing, right? If they're not willing to have that honest conversation with the client, they're just valuing their own comfort over helping the client. This is what I think is so fascinating about when new entrepreneurs somehow think it's a moral or fucking self-righteous thing to not sell because the result they end up creating from that mindset is that their business doesn't grow. They don't sign clients, which means they don't help people. They're sitting in their little yard with their shock collar on because it's self-righteous, like sales is bad, don't want to do it. And as a result, their clients also stay stuck in their little yard with their shot collars on and everybody's stuck. Nobody in their orbit gets into the magical field, okay? There is nothing moral or virtuous about that. Nobody wins. Nobody gets into the field. And there could be a few mindset, <laughs> different mindset blockers. Sorry, guys, I'm feeling pretty passionate about this because I'm like tired of hearing people think that it's helpful for them to stuck, like stay stuck and not make money and not help people, okay? Just because of a thought error. In this analogy of the little shock callers, there's a couple things that could be at play here. This is you. Look, I want you to know this coming from love. I'm talking to your conditioned brain that has thought errors, not your being, okay? 
Your conditioned thoughts is you could have some stuff in your head about the value of what you offer. You could just have some thought errors there. You could totally be in your head about whatever uninvestigated thoughts about sales you have, which we covered a couple episodes ago. And if you decide to keep those thoughts, it will keep you from helping people. Or it could be even like a bit broader than that. It could just be people-pleasing tendencies that your brain might think it's better to be like really accommodating and understanding and like smile and nod no matter how much crazy stuff is coming out of the client's mouth that's not helping them get the result they want. So I know we've riffed a lot on the analogy of dog collars, but let's bring it into a tangible real world example so you have a specific idea of how this could be at play, okay? If you have a people pleaser on both the buyer and the seller end, then what you could end up with is a buyer, right? They're on the sales call and the, the buyer, they're not totally sure about something. They're not totally sure whether or not they want to buy, but you know, they don't want to offend. They don't want to offend the business owner. And so they don't want to like, I don't know, ask too many questions. They don't want to be rude, right? They don't, ooh, I don't know. I don't want to, right? And so rather than they're worried about making the seller, right, the, the business owner feel bad. So they just say, rather than ask the questions that they have in their brain, they're just like, oh, you know, I think I, I think I need to think about it. And they just want to get off the phone, okay? Because they feel uncomfortable, they're unsure. But then the seller is also a people pleaser, okay? So what we have is a buyer who might actually want to buy the thing, but that just doesn't want to be rude and ask the questions or whatever the thing is, right? And then the seller is also people pleasing. And so they don't want to make the buyer uncomfortable by asking them any further questions. So then they're just like, okay, call me, bye. And they get off the phone and nobody is better off, right? That was just a complete waste of 20 or 30 minutes or an hour or however long the sales call is. Hear me, nobody is helped in this scenario. <laughs> nobody gets into the magical field. The buyer didn't get the help they wanted because they were too uncomfortable, to be honest. And the seller didn't create a client to serve because they were too uncomfortable, to be honest. People pleasing is lying. <laughs> And so in order to sell, in order to be able to curiously and openly have a conversation with your clients on sales calls about their objections, you have to value being honest over being liked. You have to have a clean relationship with sales and a really solid relationship with your belief in what it is that you're selling, a really clean relationship with money. So every single time you are on a sales call and the client says something, they have some sort of objection and your immediate visceral reaction is to want to recoil and get off the phone. The most important thing for you to start to bring into your awareness is that you've just got a shock collar on that you haven't investigated, right? It's like you're not even controlling the feeling of recoiling in your body. You know there's an uninvestigated belief <laughs> that just needs to get like, let's dig it up, see what it is and make sure maybe you decide you want to keep it, but then at least it's conscious. It's not some unconscious belief that's just keeping you from like, okay, let me just get off the phone, right? You have uninvestigated thinking that if you don't unpack and remove the collar, that's what it is. Like uh, unpacking the uninvestigated thinking removes the collar. 
And if you don't do that, then you're going to end up living in a nightmarish Groundhog Day of coming up against that same objection on a call again and again and again and again. And it will end every single time in both you and the client staying in your tiny yards until you decide to do the mindset work of taking the collar off so that you can get into the field and help the client take their collar off. We could talk about this. I'm a little bit more spiritual about this. I like to think of like my business is here to refine me. And the objections that I get are just like, oh, like what needs to get cleared out of me? And I specifically remember a time last year where I've never, I'd never gotten this objection before of someone being like, oh, I think I just like need to go uh, meditate and think about it and like, you know, really get like an intuitive answer. And I was like, okay, like I don't know how to how to help someone work through this objection. And then another person, it was like a second person had that. There was like something around intuition and I'd never had it before. And I was just myself coming into work of like really learning how to tap into my own intuition. And because I hadn't cleared out like, okay, like what is fear and what is intuition also, a lot of people think, I, it's so interesting. I was like just talking to my husband about this the other day. Like he's a very rational, like, you know, engineer, runs an engineering team. And it's interesting to hear him sometimes when he used the word like, oh, it feels intuitive. But from my perspective, when he talks about something feeling intuitive, it's like, oh yeah, that's just someone's uninvestigated subconscious belief, right? Like what I'm talking here about, like taking the collar off, like the way that my husband talks about the word intuitive is basically just someone's uninvestigated subconscious thinking. But what I, what I was coming up against, I was like, but there's something else, right? Intuition is something else, right? It's not these like beliefs from other people or society. There just seems to be something else, like a knowing. And I hadn't gotten clear on what that was for me. And then all of a sudden, I started getting that as an objection on sales calls. I was like, if this isn't like a message from the universe to work through this, I don't know what is. And the moment I worked through it myself where I was like, oh, when is it fear? When is it intuition? And you see this so often within spiritual people. They say it's intuition. It's not. It's a wolf in sheep's clothing (laughs) and it's fear and they're calling it intuition so that they don't do it. And the moment I got really good at like working through what that was in myself and identifying when, which was either like, is it fear? Is it intuition? What is it? How will I know? How do I know in my body? Right. The moment I was able to work through that within myself, I was able to hold space on a call and help someone figure out. And actually, I think it's funny. I don't even know if I ever got that objection again. It was like, I cleared it out of myself (laughs) and then it just disappeared. And so It's just so interesting, right? Like it's just showing you where your work is. Every time you get an objection, it's like, oh, here's just a process for me to refine my mind a little bit. What's going on in here? Okay. Any single time that you have a visceral response when someone says something, I need time to think about it. I need to talk to my husband. I can't afford it. I'm going to wait until this later time. Now's not right because of X, Y, or Z. I need to go meditate and tap into my intuition about it. It's not in my budget right now. I would love to, but I already have an appointment to get Invisalign. (laughs) Seriously, you guys, this was an objection that I got on a sales call last year. 
I was still doing career coaching at the time and the client came to the call and was all in. She was feeling so burnt out and resentful and really drained by her nine to five. She was mad at her bosses for not respecting and valuing her. She was annoyed at her clients because they were Debbie Downers. She was in a lot of suffering in her own mind and I knew 1 million percent I could help her that by the end she would be out of all of that and she would have a career available to her of commanding respect and being in a place where she, where other people being negative wouldn't bring her down. And at the end of the sales call, my package was double what she expected it was going to be. And she said, no. She said her current budget was going to get her Invisalign, that the appointment was already made. She'd already made the appointment to get Invisalign. She'd already made the decision. And because I didn't have a shock caller on about being nervous about firmly and just curiously questioning how in the world Invisalign was more valuable to her than having a life of internal peace and fulfillment and a job she loved getting up every day for in the morning and going to, I created space for her to question that. And as she thought about it, she wanted the results of working with me more than she wanted Invisalign. And she signed up to work with me. And by the end of our time together, she said it was the best money she had ever spent and that in her mid-40s, for the first time in her adult life, she felt like she had come home to herself, okay? Because I took my shock collar off and went into the magical field, I was able to help her get hers off and also come into a magical field of existence. <laughs> so that's the work of understanding that the customer isn't always right on sales calls because it turns out our customers are just like us and they have crazy brains just like we do. Seriously, you guys, how much do you want crazy successful business like in the deepest fibers of your being and you're still having to overcome your own objections in your mind day to day in order to show up and do big, powerful things in the world, right? For a thing you deeply want, like in the deepest fibers of your soul, your mind still offers objections. So why in the world would you expect your clients to not have objections? Seriously. Okay. I'm going to rant on this a little bit more, okay? Because saying that just reminded me of another plague I see going around in the online entrepreneurship space. And it's like this air of being above overcoming client objections. And I see it pop up sometimes when people have judgment of potential clients on sales calls. Like, you know, if they were really serious or if they were really a best client, then like they wouldn't have this objection, right? Like if they were really like a best client, then I wouldn't have to be dealing with this. That's a little bit how it shows up. Your mind will tell you like, oh yeah, they're just not a great fit. And that you should just hold out for better clients. And like this is a little bit more nuanced. And for sure, we work on this in the mastermind of really getting down to the brass tacks of what is your ego. And then it's just like judgment of the client as a smoke bomb, right? To like just distract you from not taking full responsibility for the results you're creating in your business. Because here's the deal. It's not like you don't just magically create a bunch of non-ideal clients coming to you. <laughs> If that's happening, then you're doing something in your marketing to create that, right? Like non-ideal clients don't just happen to you. Every single result you have in your business is based on something that you're thinking that's creating that, okay? Versus like what is just kind of clean discernment? 
when a client comes onto a call and like you've cleaned up your thinking enough that it's not coming from a judgmental place, it is like a clean, clear discernment of client best fit or not. Because that one can be really tricky, right? It can present to your brain as that you're like holding a boundary firmly. Like sometimes people don't do the mindset work of actually cleaning up their brain. And then they're like, no, this is just my boundary. And like, I'm, I'm finally taking a stand for myself and I'm holding myself to a higher standard. But they actually haven't cleared up their own thought errors in their own brain. And then it's just like, it comes off as a little bit of like entitlement. And they're going to have trouble actually creating demand at that because they haven't cleaned up their own objections in their own mind about it. And they're just trying to say, I'm like creating this boundary. So you want to make sure that you're not just trying to avoid being uncomfortable on sales calls, like avoid climbing into the mud with a client and helping them get their shot collar off. I see that one a lot in particular. I would say I see it spring up for new business owners when they're just like super nervous about a sales call. Like that will come up in the beginning and they'll want to throw that up. It's like, oh, well, they just weren't a good fit. They weren't the right fit. They weren't a good client. And then they clean it up a little bit there. And then I see it spring up again when sometimes it's the six-figure level, sometimes it's the multiple six-figure level for my clients who are coming in and they're transitioning to like a new offer, maybe a new business model going into like launches or group programs, um, things like that. Or maybe they're like upping their rate, right? Something there. And their brain, rather than do the mindset work over like clearing out its own objections, their brain can get like a little bit attached to the success that they've already had and then going into selling something new or in a new way, like here, like going from sales calls, right, to applications only, the mind can be a little bit like, come on, haven't I earned not having to climb into the mud yet? It's like, if you really were in it to like serve your people, why would you not be willing to climb into the mud to help them? Okay. I have a private client who's, I think she's at around like the half million dollar level. And she recently had a launch that at the onset, it did not have the enrollment she was anticipating. And that like the thought for her that was creating so much suffering was that she shouldn't have to deal with client objections anymore. She was making it mean something about where she was at and the amount of demand she had and what it should be on her entrepreneurial journey. And Her thinking those thoughts was creating so much suffering for her. It was making her not even, she's like, I don't know, maybe I just, you know, turn it in. And But the moment we just dissolved those thoughts, right, that it was in any way a problem that she was going to have to like talk to her people who just had human brains, right? The moment we can just accept that our clients are humans and because they're human, they have finicky brains like we do and they have objections, and that in order to serve them, we should be willing to like get down and crawl into the mud with them. She was able to get out into the magical field and call in her people. And she went on to have a $100,000 launch. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. And for those of you coming into the mastermind, this episode is the appetizer to the main course. I am so excited. There's an entire module for you guys on the exact step-by-step process of dissolving objections first within your own mind and taking your shot collar off and then coming out into the field so you can help your people get theirs off to come into the field. It's funny, I originally titled the module Overcoming Objections because that's the standard sales terminology. But the more I thought of it, that 
isn't really the process I have ever used. You guys have heard me talk about how differently I did sales in my corporate career, and I don't think of objections as this mountain to be climbed and overcome, right? It kind of sounds forceful, right? Like overcoming objections. I don't like thinking of it like that. That feels like I'm wrestling someone to the ground. It's just a set of thoughts to dissolve, first within yourself and then within your client. The process can be super soft and gentle, and this really has been one of my superpowers. Being able to help clients on sales calls dissolving objections by first dissolving my own objections in my mind and then allowing me to be with the client on the call. And every single time, they thank me for helping them on the call. Instead of being too nervous and ending the call and leaving them in their tiny yard with their shock collar still on without the results they want. Okay. I, I bring them out into the magical field and it turns out they thank me for helping them. And in the mastermind, we're taking this a layer deeper to start doing this in your marketing so that more and more people are just coming onto your calls ready to buy. And once you've mastered this process and your clients are coming onto the sales calls ready to just pay, right? That's what it becomes. The more you master this process, people come to the calls ready to pay and the sales calls really just to work out the logistics. And then, yeah, we can talk about moving into an application process where potential clients are selling you on why you should take their money and bring them on. That's when things get really fun. And that is what's available when you get over all your doubt and hesitation and arguments, and let's be honest, sometimes falsely self-righteous thoughts about discussing objections with clients. The customer isn't always right. They have human brains with crazy thoughts just like we do. They have a problem that they're getting onto a sales call with you to solve. They're currently wrong about some things. It's why they have that problem. Notice when you have a visceral response to an objection, when you have a hesitation, just having an open, curious conversation about it. It's just showing you where you have an invisible boundary in your mind, a totally made up and uninvestigated mental construct that you might not want there. That's holding you in the yard, keeping you from being in the magical field and getting over to help your clients. In order to help a lot of people, in order to make a lot of money, you have to be willing to look at every single thought between you and just existing in that magical field where you can neutrally hold space and not have any sort of reaction on a sales call, no matter what objection your client offers. When you can be there and just be curious and care about them and them getting the help they want, more than you care about your own discomfort, that's when the magic happens. Shoot for the magic and I'll see you guys in the field. Hey, are you loving what you're hearing? Do you look forward to waking up every Tuesday to new episodes? Am I your partner in crime when you're driving, taking a walk in your neighborhood, or deep cleaning your house? If so, take 10 seconds right now to rate and review the podcast. It takes all of two seconds to smash some stars and a few more if you want to leave a quick comment. It helps other people find the podcast. And speaking of other people, do you know somebody who's new into entrepreneurship? Do them a favor and send them this podcast. It'll secure your position as the person who always has the best recommendations. And listen, set your calendar alarm for taking this work deeper. 
The November class of the Think Like an Entrepreneur Mastermind will enroll in September, and I've got a seat with your name on it. To learn more, head to www.katherinemorsoncoaching.com forward slash mastermind, or come hang out with me on Instagram at Catherine Morrison Coaching. I'll see you there. Thank you.